Welcome to the Healing of Emotional Wounds podcast series. A few announcements. For those who wish to study this material in depth, you may refer to my book that lies at the basis of this series, Healing Intelligence, The Spirit in Psychotherapy, Working with Darkness and Light. In this episode, I'm going to go over a method of aligning to the deep psyche that requires a relationship of trust between client and psychotherapist and some guidance from the therapist. If you remember from the previous podcast, we divided the stages of psychotherapy into four parts. First of all, comprehension and containment. Secondly, the analysis. Thirdly, the alignment to the deep psyche. And fourthly, integration. What we are going to cover in this podcast and indeed the next, is chiefly this third stage, the alignment to the deep psyche. Since the first two stages are widely covered in the literature and trainings, but the methods of alignment and contacting the deep psyche are not so easily taught, and some of the parts I take you through appear at first as quite esoteric. In the spirit of Jung's creative methods for contacting the contents of the unconscious, this podcast illustrates a method that can be used under certain conditions. It has a focusing awareness technique, which at its most simple includes listening to the deep psyche, expressing honestly and forcibly whatever pain or complexes lie within it, and contacting the dark and light aspects of the psyche. It is similar to the methods elaborated in Jung's essay, The Transcendent Function. It has a meditative type structure to begin with, not used by Jung as far as I'm aware, but then passes to an experiential focusing method, rather similar to that outlined by Gendlin in 1981, and quite similar to the theory and practice of chakras in Hindu rituals and religion. Three principles underlie this technique. First, healing takes place by the mobilisation of inner awareness. It begins with stillness and pure awareness, progressing to an awareness of emotional pain. Secondly, pain and trauma can be accessed through body centres. This can prove not only cathartic, but also can bring new energy, information and feelings, allowing the ego to readjust. And thirdly, in addition, there can be a meeting, a dialogue with and between these centres in the unconscious, thus promoting healing. Indications of its use include the following. When other psychotherapy methods have been exhausted and progress is blocked, When the client, after being properly informed about this procedure and its risks, wishes to proceed. When the psychotherapist judges the client will not be destabilised. When clients have the capacity to benefit from such a method. Those with a creative nature or genuine spiritual background may be among these. The essence of the focusing awareness process is expressing, stilling, awakening, locating, approaching, mobilising. These steps will be explained in the next podcast in more detail. For the moment, I wish to give you an example to show you practically how this works. All case studies are fictions, composite creations that represent the essence of a condition rather than any real case. First of all, Michael, working with darkness, experiencing light. Michael was a talented composer in his mid-twenties without a partner. He felt very elevated by the world of music, but was racked by promiscuous activity. He was profoundly doubtful of his capacity to have a loving, intimate relationship with a woman. Nevertheless, somewhere, 
he felt it was possible for him. His early journey in psychotherapy involved confession of his shadow, especially its sexual aspects. Yet while wishing for these activities to stop, the psychotherapy at first remained superficial because he was unable to take a different attitude towards these parts of himself, which he regarded as reprehensible and felt he should avoid, but couldn't. His psyche was therefore severely divided between his elevated music and his lower promiscuous compulsive activity. A year passed with no breakthrough. We were stuck, despair set in, and the crisis was reached. The breakthrough stage of our work began with imaginal body work, which implies locating one's emotional pain in the body. With the crisis and despair, a willingness to try new methods emerged. He became able to lie down on the couch. The new stage of work started at its most simple, calming his mind, using simple breathing techniques, and awakening his inner awareness. Then I could ask, where is it you feel pain? Here he pointed to the centre of his chest. Can you describe it, I ask? And now, can you speak from the pain without interpretation? Just tell me the way it is. Can you speak of it in the first person? Speaking directly in the first person is a simple but useful technique to express emotional pain. Instead of the conscious mind looking at the pain from a distance and saying, I think I feel such and such, or it feels like such and such, Awareness now shifts from the ego to the area of pain and speaks directly from within it. It says, I feel such and such. In other words, the I that is referred to is no longer the conscious mind, but the painful complex itself that now speaks directly and in the first person. The ease or difficulty of doing this is a strong indication for prognosis, that is the possibility or not of progress in the therapy. Michael took some weeks to develop this, oscillating in and out of ordinary analytic work. Michael sank into the unconscious through his neglected emotional body, where trauma lay. He located his pain of primal insecurity in his stomach area. It spoke directly of pain, grief, loneliness and bewildering rage. He expressed these emotions in which he was a child lost in a strange land. The ability to concretize in symbolic form one's emotional pain is an expressive, creative and often cathartic advance. One year into the psychotherapy, he dreamt, a tsunami had occurred and left devastation everywhere. Many people all around are dead and dying. I see a young boy floating on the water and rescue him. The archetype of the lost or endangered child is ubiquitous in the world's fairy tales, myths and religions. It is also a common motif in dreams, especially of those who undergo the journey of personal development. It signifies not a real child but a symbolic one, endangered or lost inside the dreamer. In his emotional foundations, his unconscious, a catastrophe had occurred, of which his consciousness is now becoming aware. His coming to therapy has brought to his attention that something vital inside himself needs to be rescued or it will die. Here Michael makes tremendous progress and rescues his inner endangered child. He felt the child represented his potential for close relationship, something he had lost in his childhood. The child archetype may also represent the future, hope, growth, our most natural self lost on the road to adulthood.
On examining his shadow and the way he acted out his sexuality, instead of something reprehensible, we found someone simply trying to end his isolation and seek tenderness and love, except he was doing it in a distorted form, protecting himself from emotional engagement. This realisation did not produce immediate change, but had to be worked with, lost and recovered. Bitter tears and strong emotional expression were vital for the journey. Not only did he require a more natural relation to others, but he eventually realised the need to completely own and question the split in his psyche between the higher and the lower, which was an attempt to break from his sexual obsessions and a search for relationship and love. It was preceded by many dreams, which became increasingly understood once the emotional content of his shadow had been realised experientially and powerfully. While his dreams had an impact on Michael, their interpretation was frequently disputed in the early period. What proved to be more immediately effective was our effort to directly contact his emotions and allow their forceful expression. The dreams later added weight to his growing realisation of the truth of his condition, realised in these emotional scan-type situations. The first stage then in this process was a movement by an inner awareness to honestly contact and express the repressed pain by contacting the body centres. The second stage was the emergence of awareness from within the unconscious, within the body centre, in this case from the depths of the shadow which began to communicate. This clearly lies outside the ego because so frequently it has contrary positions and attitudes to those held by ordinary consciousness. The difference between this type of method of working with the unconscious and dream interpretation is that the former is so vital and alive. Interpretation becomes undeniable. Inner awareness is participating in the drama. Nevertheless, the dreams were very important in demonstrating to him his real situation and dilemmas. Dream and vision material at best coincide, giving therapist and client a sense of security that they are on the right path. As a result of his experience of this work, Michael did proceed to change his life, seek genuine relationship and concretely change the conditions which gave rise to his repressed personality. Before the deeper work could take place, it was important we had covered the ground of character analysis, family history, complexes and the like. Also, our relationship had to be tested to provide a secure basis for the descent. As important as these preliminary elements were, they were not sufficient to transform Michael from within. They were a platform. It was only the deeper work which could do that. So in other words, the first two stages of psychotherapy, containment and comprehension and analysis, are vital prerequisites, a platform for the next stage, which is the alignment to the deep psyche, which is the descent into the inner world. Michael's case shows that mobilisation of healing energies using this method can be effective. It's a two-way model, demonstrating a dynamic between inner awareness on the one hand and the area of pain and repression on the other. As we proceed in our case studies, these examples of working in the deep psyche will become more complex. I've started with a simple demonstration of how inner awareness, the breathing, which carries the awareness, taken to the area of pain, can bring about catharsis, relief, understanding, and indeed healing. Our next podcast will be of someone who had been in psychotherapy for many years, 
and had long-standing character problems, which prevented her from progressing, especially in emotional relationships. Here one will observe a more complicated dynamic, a three-way model, in which there is a movement of energy and healing between areas of the deep psyche itself, as well as with the faculty of inner awareness. We shall observe how this scan method, this sequence of expressing, stilling, awakening, locating, and approaching and mobilizing work in greater detail. This is of considerable use to not only therapists and trainees, not only to all those working in this field, but also to individuals who wish to pursue their personal development and engage in the quest for healing.